Hi everybody, you're listening to The Rope Podcast with Box and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you are not of legal age where you live, then turn off now. Rope bondage is a risky activity, and you shouldn't attempt it without first getting proper training. Listen to episode zero if you haven't already. Fox is a rigger, and Maya is a bottom. We are long-term rope partners who live in Bangkok, Thailand. We love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. This episode is made possible by our patrons who support us each month. If you would like to help, head to ropepodcast.com to see many options. This year, we want to focus on bringing the Rope Podcast to a wider audience. To achieve that, we would like to ask you to follow us on Instagram and reshare this episode in your Instagram stories. We are Rope Podcast on Instagram. Another thing that helps us is if you give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's anonymous, so you won't have your name visible on the internet connected with a kinky podcast, don't worry. And now, going on with the show. Today, Maya, we're exploring the concept of feedback in rope. So we might all think that we know what feedback is, but let's just check. So what do we mean by feedback in a rope context? I think I'm going to ask you that question because you're the specialist. <laughs> um, so I think in this context, it's going to be about giving um, information. It's about something that happens after the rope has happened. That's the, the back part. And we're going to focus in this episode on one-to-one -on -one feedback, although, of course, your scenes may involve other people as well. Uh, the principles still apply. And feedback is an activity where we give a partner who, amazingly, is not a mind reader, um, I know, right, information about what we felt and thought um, that they just don't know if we don't tell them. Okay, so we're giving them our perspective. They already have their own perspective of the scene. We're giving them our perspective, which might match or not match with their perspective of the scene. Yeah, and hopefully your feedback will be what's called two-way feedback, which means you will give each other feedback. It's not, not feedback from one person only to the other. Um, it's feedback that is two-way. Okay, and typically what gets covered in that feedback conversation? So my suggestions would be what went well, What didn't go so well? Something around how things felt in terms of the emotional impact. And then maybe what could be different next time. So okay. those are some kind of key areas. And then there's also a piece which I think is very important around limits. So I think you, you have a phrase that you use often, right? I very often ask or used to ask, do you feel your limits were adequately respected in the scene? And so that was one of the things that you would ask your bottom after the scene had finished. Yes, because I wanted to make sure the bottom I just tied was okay with everything that happened. Mm -hmm. um, and you also ask for feedback a few days later as well, right? Yes, I think it's good to have both warm feedback shortly after the scene and cold feedback around the day later. Okay, that's a good way of putting it. And from a bottom's perspective, I'm in a really different headspace straight after the scene uh, than I am later on, so I think that can be really useful. Mm -hmm. I also think the day after conversation and the feedback can be useful to limit drop because it allows mm -hmm. a continuation in the connection. And also if you take it in the direction of And also, what could we try next time? Mm. What ideas came up during this scene that we could use to build another scene then creates 
more of a continuum of connection, which can be helpful. So why, Maya, do you feel it's important to give feedback? Uh, so many reasons. So um, to get better is a kind of basic one. Unless we mm -hmm. know um, what's not going well, it's hard for us to improve. Okay. To get to know our partner better. Um, we can't read their mind, mm -hmm. no matter what we might think. And this is going to help us to make our future play better. Because it's like you play one time, you learn a bit, you play, you learn, you play, you learn iteratively, right? It's not like you spend one week continuously talking to a person mm -hmm. and learning everything about them and then you play with them for the and rest you of your life. have a magical scene. No, it takes time to get to know people and that kind of continuous improvement principle can be really helpful. Okay. Can it affect your uh, limits and boundaries? Yeah, our limits and boundaries can change um, over time. And do um, they change as in you have fewer limits or do they change as in you have more limits? It could be either. So they change in both directions. But checking in after the scene about how people felt about things, so give, getting that feedback, is going to help you refine your understanding. Okay, so they might tell you... I thought I'd be okay with rope in my mouth, but when you did it, it felt really gross and I don't want to do it again. So that would be something that was on the table that gets taken off after exper experimenting with it. Yeah, because you don't know <coughs> what you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and so trying something out um, can be really positive, but you might decide actually you don't want to do it again. But you could also have, thank you for always leaving my underwear on like I asked, but lately I've been getting more and more sexy vibes when doing rope with you. So I'm open to going a bit further next time. Yeah, so that would be the other direction of expanding your the things that are in the possibility of play. I think it's really important to practice feedback. Feedback is not something that we come built in with as human beings. Um, and in fact, so I do a lot of this in my day-to-day -day profession. And one of the things that people in work find the most difficult, new managers, is giving feedback. They hate it. Okay, you, you feel that? Naturally, human beings don't love giving and receiving feedback. I absolutely do. Um, and this is a super useful life skill. So practicing it in the rope context can really help you in different areas. Okay. What do you feel is the main obstacle to giving and receiving feedback? I think it's ego. Okay. What is ego exactly? Ego is the part of us that um, wants us to be on top that wants us to be the best, that thinks of ourselves um, perhaps in a more positive way than uh, it could be. So that's not Freud's definition, but that's the, the way that I think it's used in casual conversation. Okay, and so if our ego wants us to think we're already perfect, then we're not going to like criticism, even if it's constructive, right? Yeah, and it's a bit of a self-protective mechanism. You know, we don't want to be told that we're, we're wrong or we're not good at things, but there is no such thing as perfect. There are always things that we can improve, no matter who we are in work. The best of us, um, the least experienced of us, there are always things we can improve. In fact, one of my favorite rigors at one of his classes was wearing a t-shirt that really stayed with me that said, ego kills talent. Mm. And that has been one of my mantra sentences since then. Yeah, that's really excellent. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. We really want to share our love of rope to as many listeners as possible, and for that we need your help. Please go to Instagram and follow our account Rope Podcast, then reshare this episode in your stories. Show your love of rope and help others discover it too. So there are different types of feedback. So okay, what are they? They are feedback to someone you just tie with once. And then what are the stakes, if you know that's going to be a one-time thing? 
Well, I think it depends on how you felt. So I've tied with people where it's been perhaps an experience that I wouldn't have wanted to repeat anyway. Okay. And so my investment is less, you know, realistically. Mm. There's only so much, knowing that it could be a difficult conversation, I might give some feedback, but I might not go into the same level of debt that I would with someone who's a long-term partner. So you and I debrief all the time. We do. <laughs> um, and we are still, after nearly seven years, practicing our feedback abilities mm-hmm. um, all the time. And we're not great at it, but we're improving all the time. And we really invest in that as long-term work partners. Hmm. And that has both helped our general rope skills. We tie better, we get tied better, but also we have attuned better to each other. And I know that, okay, this tie, if I tie it this way, is going to work better for you, even though that's going to be worth a Giselle. But when I'm tying you, I'm doing the Maya version of the tie, not the Giselle version of the tie. So the other thing is that we might be a bit more, we should be a bit more careful when we're giving feedback to someone who we're very close to, because sometimes we can be a bit rougher on them. Okay. The Um, kids' gloves come off. Yeah. Sometimes with people we don't know, um, we're more polite or we're more careful, whereas we think that the people um, we're close to or we love are a bit more robust. But of course, they can be hurt. Even worse, by yeah. our words. So that's just a, um, a caution there that, you know, still treat the people that you're close to with care and concern. Hmm. Are criticism and feedback the same thing or are they different animals? I think criticism can be one form of feedback, maybe not a super helpful form. Criticism focuses more in a negative way on the things that the person did wrong. Feedback is a word that is designed to encompass all the things, good things, bad things, things to do differently. It's a much more neutral word. Mm. Maya, you are someone who gives feedback as an important part of your job. So what advice can you give us on how to give good feedback in Rome? So phrasing is really important. Um, One of the most important pieces of Uh, advice that I can give is to focus on the behavior Mm -hmm. not the person so you might say something like I like a firmer touch not you are creepy because your (laughs) touch is too light or you might say "Um, I'd be really happy to have a tighter tension not you're a bad wigger Okay, I can see how those would lend differently. Yeah, so those are a really different thing. In the focusing on the person, you are really attacking a very core piece of them. Whereas if we talk about someone's behavior, there's a bit more distance there and they have the ability to change. Mm-hmm. Whereas who we are as a person, we often cling to a bit more closely. Oh, more on that later. <laughs> and what about judgment words like wrong or bad? Well, actually, I would avoid these. And in fact, I wouldn't tend to say uh, what was good in a scene, what was bad in a scene. I would tend to say what went well, what went not so well, uh, and what you could do differently. Those would be the three things I would give as examples. So I would avoid any kind of judgment words. Something that might be worth considering is using more I statements as opposed to you statements. So starting your sentences with I... Because what you're stating at the end of the day is your personal subjective point of view. And so if I said, for instance, I feel like I would have liked it more if we moved around the room a bit, as opposed to you were really static, like a stone, and that was frustrating. 
Yeah, I think that's um, a great idea. And if readers want to um, explore more on that nonverbal communication as one of its facets, and I know, of course, you don't love that, but the, the book as a whole has... I like some of the ideas behind nonviolent communication, such as being non-judgmental, like that very much, and being factual and precise, like yesterday you didn't wash the dishes, as opposed to you're a slob, you never do any cleaning. I like that. But the structure of NVC, when I've tried to use it in my real life, didn't super work for me. So I'm trying to take inspiration from some of the core ideas, but not necessarily applying the method to the letter. Mm. I'm going to put a few book uh, resources in the notes, mm -hmm. and I'll link to nonviolent communication and a couple of other things. Is there any kind of phrasing we can employ to make our feedback easier to listen to for the recipient? Um, I think that the two principles we've said, so focusing on I statements, using that structure of what went well, what went less well, and what could you do differently is very helpful. Mm -hmm. One thing I would avoid is what in the workplace is called... The, the shit sandwich. Okay, thank you for saying it so I didn't have to. Yeah, exactly. So there was, um, certainly when I came into the workplace, a method of giving feedback that was to sandwich the negative feedback in between positive. But exactly as you say, that's become known by a rather unpleasant name. And what happens is people are waiting for the other shoe to drop. Mm. They're expecting the negative at the end. So it would be something like, you were really nice when you held the car door open for me before the jam. You're a terrible rigger and I never want to tie with you again, but you have nice hair. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that could potentially be, I mean, that is a full of that stuff sandwich. Um, so yeah. to be clear, we are not suggesting are our not. listeners use no, this technique. I would really, I would say move away from that technique. And you, that's why I'm suggesting this, what went well. Uh -huh. And to be honest, I often even skip the what didn't go so well and just focus on what could be done differently because that's a much more positive spin hmm. around, okay, well, this didn't go so well, but... But instead, what could we change? How could we make this scene even better? What could we have done um, as a tying pair to improve? So in this case, the feedback is obviously looking at the past because that's what feedback is. But it's also turned towards the future. Next time, maybe we could try a harm-free harness and see how that goes. Yeah, that would be an example. So I think we've captured some key things there. I'm going to repeat them because they're so important. I statements... Focusing on the behavior, not the person, and avoiding judgment. Okay. And not doing the shit sandwich anymore. And not doing the shit sandwich. Because it's not the 1980s. Exactly. But trying something like, uh, what went well, what could we do differently? Okay. What is specific, important feedback that a bottom could give a top after a scene? I wonder if you should tell me. Okay. Um, what would you like to know? Because you ask me for feedback all the time. So what do you want to know from your bottoms? What I'd like to know from the bottom is what the tie felt like for them, both physically and emotionally. So sensations as well as feelings. Yeah, absolutely. Like maybe, oh, that part around my ribs was annoying me and prevented me from enjoying the scene. That's the kind of thing I really want to know. And what kind of uh, headspace they were in during the scene. Were they relaxed? Were they worried? Were they excited? I, I like knowing about this kind of stuff. And what does that give you as a top? Like, why do you want to know about that? 
I think I see each partner I play with as a book to open and read through and discover. And I want to learn more about that person through rope. And so if they tell me how they reacted to different things I did, that allows me to add little notes into that book to understand better what the book means. Uh, what about you, Maya? What kind of feedback are you looking for from your top after you've played? I think that's a really interesting question because um, often the focus is more on giving feedback to tops, whereas actually I think feedback both ways is really critical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, um, what feedback do I want from a, a top? I want to know... Whether I um, communicated how I was feeling in the tie enough. Oh, great. Uh, Communication is so important. Yeah, and for me, that's usually body language, but I'm quite expressive, um, I think, in terms of that. I want to know what I could have done better as a bottom. Okay. Um, and I will say, often top struggle to answer that. Um, or say or not it was fine and I, I think if someone asks you for feedback like dig deep and try and find something that can help them improve because feedback can really help you but only if the other person actually spends a bit of time thinking about it and provides you with something useful okay so there's some work to be done it's not like uh, just say three things and then move on kind of deal well even I mean saying three things is is positive if they're real but sometimes top say oh no it was fine mm. I don't want to be fine <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how I can engage in a rope scene, in a co-creation as a bottom, mm -hmm. that is wonderful and magical. Oh, brilliant. So I think there's also some practical areas that are useful to cover. Um, injuries would be something that I, I would like to note. If you've had an injury as a top or a bottom, I think part of your feedback needs to be really, um, I just want to let you know that this has happened. Yeah. Um, if they don't already know, but it's it's critical that you share that with them. Uh, you know, it might get worse later. They need to understand what happened to create that injury. Oh, absolutely. And if they find out about it a week later, they're going to probably feel terrible. Yeah, and it gives you the opportunity to process that and, um, and, and discuss it. Okay, very nice. I think you had something from a book you wanted to share with us, Maya. Yeah, here, um, this is from a psychology book called um, Get It Done, which is about the science of motivation. But there's some really good stuff around um, feedback. And I wanted to pull out some of that because right. I think it will help people even more. So this, I'm not saying this is from me. This is some key points I pulled out from that book. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I thought was really interesting is um, that there are a couple of really big barriers to us receiving feedback. Okay, what are they? Um, and one is this concept of tuning out because we don't want to hear it, basically. Uh, negative feedback lowers our self-esteem, which mm -hmm. is what you were talking about in terms of uh, ego. And actually, it's quite difficult to learn when your self-esteem is low. Okay. So if you let the feedback attack your self-esteem, you're going to struggle. If you think this feedback says something about who you are as a person, so remember how I talked about before, mm. behavior versus who you are as a person, you're going to struggle to receive that feedback. And so that's when I'm going to plug Anatta again. Okay, talk to me about Anatta. <laughs> so Anatta is one of the pillars of Theravada Buddhism, which is the dominant religion here in Thailand. And it's 
trying to teach us not to get attached to a crystallized identity and be careful of things like I am uh, 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 statements, like I am a great rigger. Uh, actually, that is less helpful because it's going to limit your fluidity and your ability to grow, to adapt, to progress. And if you become less fused with that crystallized sense of continuous identity, it's going to make it a lot easier to hear feedback and employ it constructively. It doesn't feel on an attack on... Something cannot feel like an attack on your identity if you don't have a fixed identity. And so I think it's something to think about. I don't think everyone should become a Buddhist. Mm -hmm. And I think you can take inspiration from that philosophy without practicing any religion in particular. So this is, this then we have this concept of being a work in progress rather than anything mm -hmm. that is concrete. And yeah, I think that's important. Recognizing that we change all the time and there is no fixed version of the self. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. Um, one interesting thing is that we might be able to better learn from others' failures than our own failures. Okay. Um, so when you are in a class or you're um, watching others, then actually we might learn better from watching than from doing ourselves because our ego then isn't involved. We don't have a dog in the race in the same way. Exactly. Um, so if you're in a class, maybe a rope class, and you're with lots of other beginners, then that can be quite helpful to watch how other people are doing it and watch how the teacher gives feedback to see, oh, okay, that's not how to do it. I could do it differently. Because that's not near your ego at all. Very interesting. Hmm. What if you have a partner who is struggling to give feedback? Is there anything you can do to help them give you what you want in this area? So I think that uh, receiving feedback is something that's important in itself and that creates an environment to let the other person give you feedback. So if you have done all these many things we've talked about um, and you are in a receptive place to feedback, mm -hmm. that's go going to let the other person be more comfortable give you, giving you feedback. I okay. think getting them to listen to this episode might be useful. Oh, interesting. And um, one more listener for the podcast. One more listener for the podcast. Um, because I think the key principles that we've talked about, so I statements, behavior, not person, um, what has gone well, what can we do differently, those are just really simple but can help the other person structure their feedback. Sometimes giving them ideas of the kind of things you're interested can mm -hmm. help. So for you, you said, I'm interested in what someone feels in terms of the sensations and emotions. But that immediately gives the other person some structure to hang there what went well. Well, I felt like this and I really enjoyed it. And the tension here was really pleasant. I felt pain here, but I loved it. Um, and what could we do differently? The band um, on the top of my calf was a bit high and um, it would be brilliant if we could mm. um, move that down a bit next time. And isn't the process of feedback easier if you had communicated your expectations and your desires clearly before the scene? Because then we have a bit of a benchmark to compare it to. So in the workplace you have something which is about what does good look like? 
Okay. And that's something that you talk about, ideally, at the beginning of a project. So you might do that at the beginning of your scene. Hmm. So what does good look like for us in this situation? What, how do we come away from this situation having had a great scene? Hmm. Um, and maybe it's... Uh, and who knows what that might be. It's going to be specific to each person. But then, yes, that would give you something to tap into afterwards. Well, we said that we were interested in a scene where... I felt flow as a rigger, you felt spacey as a bottom, um, and we would do some rope that involved a lot of movement. How did that go for us? What yeah. went well? What could we have done differently? Because otherwise, if I go into a scene with, in my mind, the goal of, oh, I want to do this really heavy Semenawa torture scene where you're going to be really uncomfortable, you're going to really struggle, you're going to cry, but I don't communicate that. And then in the feedback... You told me what went well. Oh, I was really relaxed and enjoying myself and I fell asleep. Like, can you see how there's a mismatch between what I was trying to do and what you're calling good? Well, I, I said I wanted to do the heavy torture scene. And then I asked you what went well. And you said, oh, it felt like super pleasant and nice. And so that's not what I was trying to achieve. You know? Okay. But, that, but you would get that feedback either way. Yeah, but then it's not the what went well. It's just that it's not matching the goal. I just failed to express okay. the goal. So what you're saying is, in order to be able to say what went well, you need something to measure it against. Yeah. And that could be, I don't know, rope intense, maybe. Yes, it does link very nicely back to rope intense. <laughs> okay. So, Maya, if I understand correctly, if we keep our egos in check, we are going to be able to learn more from feedback, even when it's negative, and not just limit ourselves to hearing positive feedback. Yeah, and again, I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't label feedback as negative. Okay. So what that is, is a judgment. So all feedback is useful and interesting. Mm -hmm. um, some of it feels more uncomfortable, um, but that doesn't make it good or bad. It's very situational. Um, but we do have a tendency to put our heads in the sand, the, the ostrich effect. Um, and so Which is really unfair to ostriches. Cause yeah, because they don't they even do that. They absolutely do not do that. Yeah. Yeah. What's also interesting is that learning from um, failure, so learning from something that went wrong, involves a mental inversion. So bear with me. You learn what not to do. Okay. And as we know, our brains are not good at not thinking of something. Hence Don't think the, about the elephant. Exactly. Exactly that. Um, and so what you're learning from is eliminating possible solutions to a problem okay. rather than learning what the right way to do is. Mm -hmm. And so that can be quite confusing for our brains. Okay. Um, and we also don't pursue our goals expecting to fail. So there's a piece around surprise. So we don't seek out information that says, oh, you, you didn't do so well there. In fact, we avoid it wherever possible. Mm. And so... Because of that, what's called confirmation bias, we're looking for the evidence. Oh, we might cherry pick in a person's words the exactly. things we want to hear. So one thing to be really careful of when you're getting feedback is that you stay receptive and open to all the feedback mm -hmm. and you don't just hear the things that confirm what you believe. And for some people, that's negative. They yeah, will only I've, hear I've the negative. I've had that experience, like focusing on the one negative sentence of what someone said about the scene that yeah. they otherwise enjoyed. They've, they've said... Something about a shirt, I believe. 
they've said, you know, 20 things that said your scene was amazing. And then there was one thing that you could do a bit differently and that crushes you. Yeah, I will remember that phrase forever. Yep, me too. Um, but there's lots of lessons that we can learn. Um, the growth mindset is one that I wanted to pull out because I think it connects a bit to the um, ego and talent. So a growth mindset is this idea that we think we can change. Okay. We're not something that's crystallized and static. Um, if something is really central to our identity, interestingly, um, it won't undermine us as much. If we're really comfortable um, that we can do... Do inverted suspensions really well. Inverted suspensions. So negative feedback on one... Um, suspension where it didn't go so well won't undermine our confidence as much but if we are really new then it's probably going to hit us harder Um, and actually that's a piece of interesting information that experts tend to be more comfortable getting feedback because actually the feedback is more precious for them because there's less that they have to do differently okay so like they're not sure exactly what they can improve on because they have learned a lot already. So giving them leads that they can follow could be something they're actually seeking. Mm. Whereas the new person who just started tying two weeks ago and goes to their first rope jam well, can be a bit crushed. Yeah, and of course there are going to be lots of things that they don't yeah. do. And actually, if you look at how we give feedback in the world, we do tend to give experts more feedback or harsher, tougher feedback than beginners, which I think links back a bit to what I was saying about the um, giving feedback to your partner, your long-term partner. Mm. You know, they're the, in inverted commas, expert in you, okay. and so maybe you're a bit more harsh, whereas with someone new to you, maybe you're mm. not. In terms of timing, if you're being given feedback, do you need to respond to that feedback? And if so, do you do that straight away, or do you take a minute to take a bit of perspective and distance before you respond? I personally would say it's not the moment to defend yourself. So okay. take this feedback as one person's opinion okay. that is valuable. This okay. is a, there is no truth. There isn't the truth. Mm. This is their lived experience. It is right by uh, default if you position it as this is their experience. And most humans tend to speak in absolutes when they are saying is really a subjective opinion, right? Absolutely. Like they will say something like, oh man, yesterday's scene sucked. Uh, But actually, you can train your brain to rephrase it as, okay, this person had preferences and the scene from yesterday didn't match their preferences or their desire for that day. But actually, if I'd done the very same scene with someone else who had different wants and desires, they might have found it amazing. So it's not so much about me. It might in great part be about them. It's always about them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a a lesson to live by. Everything's about them. When we express ourselves, we're talking about ourselves. You know, we think that we're giving feedback that's about the other person and we're not. Okay. It all comes from us. So important to remember that. Mm. So Maya, what are the main takeaways from this very detailed conversation we had today about feedback? The main takeaways for me would be feedback's really important. Okay. Keep it simple. Focus on I. um, Focus on the behavior. Talk about what went well. Talk about what could be done differently. Take the time to process feelings when you've given feedback on both sides. Mm -hmm. Don't respond too quickly. Don't feel the need to defend yourself. 
it's a really helpful and useful activity to do. And the more you can see the value in it and develop it as a skill, which it is, it's not something you're born with, um, the more it's going to help you build sustainable, successful, long-term uh, rope collaborations and help you in the non-rope world. Amazing. Thank you so much, Maya, for sharing your professional knowledge about feedback giving and receiving with us today. And I hope our dear listeners will find a lot of use in giving and receiving feedback about rope. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. <laughs>